also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When we look in Revelation chapter 13, we read about the mark of the beast. And that is simply a counterfeit of the mark of God. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 talks about being marked with the mark of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The mark of God is in direct contradiction to the mark of the beast. A beast is an earthly kingdom or power. To have the mark of the beast is to be marked with earthliness, with the things of this world. To have the mark of God is to be marked with heavenly things. And the essence of being marked with the mark of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit, is to trust in Jesus. That's the essence of it. That's what it's all about. Now, we, we line it up with the Sabbath and Sunday. And the reason why we do that is because the essence of trusting in Jesus is to praise him. And, of course, there's no better day to praise God than on the Sabbath. The essence of trusting in Jesus is to rest in him. And, of course, there's no better way of resting in, in Jesus but to cease from all of our works and, and rest in his works. So the Sabbath is really not about legalism. The Sabbath is about rest and trust and praise. That's what it's really about. And in contradiction to that, we have a man-made day, a man-made worship, a man-made way of attaining to salvation. And that's the essence of all earthly religions. The only religion that can take us out of here is the religion that's based on Christ. The, The religion that points to praising God. The religion that points to resting in Jesus Christ instead of resting in ourselves. And that's what Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 is bringing out here. Now, you've got to keep in mind, this is a prison letter. So, so Paul is not concerned about himself. He's writing to people who are discouraged, people who are struggling, because they're basically saying, well, if, if Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, is in prison, what hope do we have? And Paul is saying, stop looking at your circumstances. Stop looking at the things that surround you and realize the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Because our circumstances aren't the basis for our relationship, for our hope, for who we are. Our, the basis for who we are, the basis of our hope is Jesus. Everything that he's done for us and everything that he is for us, that's the basis of what our hope is. So don't look at your circumstances. Look to Christ. And you'll discover in this epistle that Paul never refers to himself, by the way, as a prisoner of Rome. You know what he says? He says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. That's what he says. He opts out of allowing his circumstances to be dictated by the rulers of this world. He says, no, no. God is the one that's in control of my life. I give it all to him. I'm a prisoner of Jesus. And he's the one that's determining what I'm going to do or what I'm not going to do, no matter what men do to me. I rise above that and I live for God. And then finally... In verse 14, he says this Holy Spirit promise is the great deposit or guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So so basically, Jesus Christ left and he promised his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. That's why we need to pray for the Holy Spirit. We need to seek the Holy Spirit. We need to ask for the influence of the Holy Spirit all of the time. If you find yourself in a situation where you're being overcome, where you're discouraged, where you're down, it's because you're disconnected from the Holy Spirit. You've neglected to ask for the Holy Spirit. And the first thing you might think is, well, I'm in a situation where I'm not worthy of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And is there a situation where you ever are worthy of the Holy Spirit? I.e., remember my grandmother and the house she was given. 
Not because she was worthy of it, but because she needed it. And remember that if God is good enough to give good gifts, excuse me, if we're good enough to give good gifts to our children, to human people, how much more is our Heavenly Father willing to give gifts to us if we ask? Ask for the Holy Spirit. Give your heart to God. Surrender your life to Him. Give Him your sins. Don't say that you haven't sinned, because if you say you haven't sinned, 1 John says you deceive yourself. That's 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. If you say you haven't sinned, you deceive yourself. And in verse 10, it says, if you say you haven't sinned, you make him a liar. But in verse 9, it says, but if you, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's what I call a gospel sandwich. The whole wheat bread is 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. And the other piece is 1 John chapter 1 and verse 10. And then the, the meat of the sandwich is 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. The first piece of bread says, if you say you haven't sinned, you're deceiving yourself. The second piece of bread says, if you say you haven't sinned, you're making him a liar. And the gospel says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins. God knows we've sinned. <laughs> he's not asking us to ask for the Holy Spirit because we're perfect. He's asking us to ask for the Holy Spirit because he knows we need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he knows we need the Holy Spirit. And the way to get that Holy Spirit is to remember the gospel sandwich in 1 John chapter 1, 8, 9, and 10. So when Christ comes the second time, salvation will be a reality. It will be full and be complete. Now it's a hope. And our hope that is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit, it's not a maybe, it's not a might be, it's a hope, complete and full, is that our salvation is in Jesus Christ. That we have, in his history, fully satisfied the demands of God's law and the terms of justice in Christ's life and death, fully satisfied. And so my appeal to you this morning, as we close up this first section, this first session in Ephesians 1, 1 through 4, team, is that we remember, please, that in Christ Jesus we have salvation full and complete. It's a done deal in Christ. That we can let go of ourselves and take hold of this truth. This truth that is the most glorious truth in all of Scripture. That we can take the central theme of Paul's theology and we can apply it to our hearts and our lives, personally and individually. That is my prayer and my hope for each one of us. So that we can be free from guilt, we can be free from condemnation, we don't have to wear that anymore, and we can live a happy, peaceful, glorious Christian life. We can. Now, don't misunderstand. That's not what we're going to do when we leave here. We're not going to say, I'm going to start living a, a perfect, glorious, peaceful Christian life. No. When we, when we give our hearts to Jesus and we accept Him as our personal Savior, that will be the end result of our surrender to Him. Many times as Christians, we try to live that life. But what God is calling us to do is to accept that gift to accept the gift of salvation in Jesus, to ask for the presence of his Holy Spirit and let him work out that life in you. Stop trusting in yourself and start trusting in Jesus Christ. That's what he's calling us to do. How many of you this morning want to say yes to that? I want that gift. I want that walk. Praise God. God sees every hand. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, it's so good to be home with my church family. It's so good to again be sharing together 
this wonderful supper, this wonderful feast of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was something that Paul never stopped talking about, and I pray that we would never stop talking. We're moving from Galatians to Ephesians, another epistle that is filled again with the same theme, the same truth, putting our trust in Jesus, in his perfect life, in his satisfying death, in everything he's done for us, and then letting him work that out in us as his spirit works. Father, right now, we just surrender our hearts to you. You saw every hand. You know our needs. You know our struggles. You know our history. You know what we did last night, what we thought, how we felt, how we feel right now, why we're here, and how unworthy we feel to be in your presence. And we give all of that to you. We surrender it to you. And we ask again for the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Do what only you can do in us, we pray. And thank you. In Jesus' name, let everyone say, Amen.
for accepting us in the Beloved, for doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, for setting us up for success, for giving us an inheritance, not because we're worthy, but because we're needy. We accept it. We accept the gift of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, in our behalf, and we look forward to what you're going to do in our lives and hearts from this moment on. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.